0: The road we're on is paved in Garth.
1: Come along on the journey.
0: As we explore...
1: Garthology.
2: think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin.
0: Hey guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. First of all, we just want to say thanks for listening and for coming back for episode three. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the last five songs of Garth Brooks's first album, the self-titled Garth Brooks. So, picking up where we left off on the last podcast, we're going to go to Pete, and he's going to talk about the sixth song.
1: Okay, okay. So I. like Deb said, get the sixth song off the first album, and it was titled Much Too Young.
2: And the white line's getting longer, and the setups getting cold, I'm much too young to this damn
1: Damn Much Too Young was written by Garth Brooks and a college buddy of his, Randy Taylor. It ended up being the first single off the album, and it was the first single for Garth Brooks and his career. The song debuted at number 94 on the Billboard Country Singles Chart, and it peaked at number eight. Garth, well before he had a record deal, was playing Much Too Young at a bunch of local clubs, Willie's in Stillwater, and they would play that song and he would notice that whether it was the lyrics or the beat to the song, he mentions in the anthology that the dance floor would be packed. So he didn't know what it was that the fans were taking to on the song, but at that point to him, it didn't matter. Because he always says that if the bars noticed that the dance floors were packed, they call you back. And if they were empty, they wouldn't call you back. That was one song he could always count on, on getting the dance floor packed. In that song, there is a line that Garth mentions Chris Ledoux. Chris Ledoux and Garth did not know one another at that time. Chris Ledoux was a championship rodeo bareback rider and had heard his name in the song And at that point, he thought to himself, I got to meet this guy, Garth. He took the time to put my name into a song. So the way that the name Chris Ledoux got put into the song was Garth's buddy, Randy Taylor, who helped him write the song, always said that he wanted to write a country song with the line, worn out tapes of Chris Ledoux. And at that time, Garth is like, worn out tapes of Chris Ledoux. Who's this Chris Ledoux guy? So there was a time where Randy Taylor and Garth sat in an old Chevy truck and listened to these worn-out tapes of Chris Ledoux, and Garth was like, hey, it's got to go into the song. He ends up putting it into the song, and like I said, Chris Ledoux had ended up hearing his name on it and set out to find a way to meet Garth. Months and months later, a promoter actually put Garth and Ledoux on the same bill at a place called the Cocky Bowl in Victorville, California. So they're both there, and they finally end up getting to meet each other. And they're like, man, this is, this is pretty cool. You know, you put my name in the song. And Garth says, well, putting your name into that song has really is a staple to the song and well-known to Garth's career going forward. So uh, they hit it off real well, like I said. Um, they ended up being friends for quite a long time after that. And uh, Garth goes always back to the point where Much Too Young was his baby, It was a a first song that took off for him real, real well. Like I said, his first single off the album, first single for him in his career. He's watched it grow. And it was the first song that he ever heard himself on the radio sing. And he says, and to this day, it puts the same smile on his face today that it did the very first time he ever heard it. So that's the the facts that I got on the story. But I had a pretty uh, crazy story about the whole Randy deal. So Randy had always told Garth that if he managed to get a country song on an album or on the radio, he wanted to buy a boat, a brand new boat. Now this Randy cat always wore the same old hat, run down old cowboy hat. So Garth had called him after the album came out and the single had come out and he says, "Randy, he says it's going to make the album and it's going to be our first single." So, you know, Randy's ecstatic and they're at a gig later on down the road, Randy comes walking in, he's got a new hat on. Garth says, Buddy, that's a new lid you got on your uh, your head there, and he says, "Yeah, but that's not all." He said, "Come on outside." So Randy and Garth go walking outside, and sure enough, Randy's got his truck and he's got a boat on a trailer on the back of the truck, and the name of the boat was much too young. So it's pretty cool <laughs> that's story. He ended awesome. up getting his boat. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool.
3: Oh, I love that! I didn't
0: know that story.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool story. I guess it's uh if you set out and you know you want something and. And you get a way to make it happen. That's how you do it. So
0: you get your prize. You do, you do. So I love the Chris Ledoux line like that. That's one of my favorite of all Garth Brooks lines in all of his songs. I love that. And I also love how he points up to the sky when he's live in concert and sings that line. I love that. But also my other favorite line in there is that he has a poker reference. I'm all for that. I love that. Where he says, all my cards are on the table. I'm like, yeah, poker.
1: yeah yeah. with no ace left in the hole
0: that's right yeah
1: yeah
3: Yeah, I love that and I I love the Chris Ledoux reference too I love at the live shows when he says God bless Chris Ledoux it still gets my heart every time it's like such a good feeling and everyone responds to it there's so much energy in the crowd whenever he just like yells that line and it's it's great and uh of course we talked about before how brilliant Jimmy Mattingly is and he has that amazing Uh. fiddle intro that garth has said was kind of kind of came about because of the sound of amarillo by morning which was another great song and you know from from back before when garth was getting a start but it's a great song i still that's one that i can put on a lot that if i'm making like a, a playlist to listen to i'll pull it almost every time to go on there for you know for my garth music
1: yes. yeah it's uh you know when he says that uh, god bless chris Ledoux, a lot of the times he'll take his hat off and and it's funny because if you're at a live show Uh, Even myself, sometimes, you know, when you're out there or whatever and you look around, it's like everybody's cap comes off. They all look up and they say, God bless Chris. And they scream and it's the loudest part of the song that everybody screams to. So uh, it's just that that it's crazy how that one line has taken on so much meaning to that song. Yep.
0: Yep. I love that. Yeah, me too.
1: All right. All right. So that is it for Much Too Young. We're going to jump over to Jess for song number seven off the album.
3: All right. Song number seven is Cowboy Bill.
2: would tell us you boys keep your distance that old man's just telling you lies but to all his kids cowboy bill was a hero just as true as his blue texas sky
3: I was not um, actually very familiar with this song, but when I sat down to listen to it to uh, make notes for the podcast, I actually remembered it more than I thought I did. It must have been something I probably listened to back in the day and just haven't heard in a while. The song was written by Larry Bastian and Ed Berghoff. And Larry Bastian, we talked about last time because on the first half of the first album, he co-wrote I've Got a Good Thing Going. Um, And also I had mentioned he co-wrote or wrote Rodeo and Unanswered Prayers also, which we haven't talked about, but I'm sure in future shows we will. And then Ed Bergoff is also a great songwriter. He's worked with other artists like Wynonna and Billy Ray Cyrus. And um, this is another one of those songs that was never a single, um, but is a great song. And in the anthology, there's a story about Garth sitting down to hear the the song, and Larry sits down to play it for him. And they're in a kitchen, and the doors open, and he his back is facing the west, and the sunset lights coming in around him as he sits down to play the guitar. And then the first line opens: "He told a good story, and all us kids listened." And Garth was just, you know, lost it <laughs> because it's one of those moments that's like, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like the storyteller, the songwriter, and the song that he's about to tell. But the song itself is about kind of the old cowboy telling the kids the tale of, of his adventures back in the day. And the adults kind of chastise the kids not to really listen. And it's probably not real. But it makes me think of of tall tales. If you ever heard when you were a kid like uh, Pecos Bill and Paul Bunyan and things like that. And you can see that like painted rock back behind him. And you hear the creak of the saddle and and those kids in the song felt the same way. And they heard that same story And then when I got to the end of the song, I remembered why I don't listen to this song very often. And I was crying while I was listening to the song. But it was beautiful. And it was a great story. It's just, you know, at the end of this cowboy's life, these kids, he meant a lot to them and his stories meant a lot to them. And whether all of it was true or not, I don't think probably would have mattered because they meant a lot to them. But, But in the end, they were real, you know, and they were memories that he held on to and that he passed down to those kids. And And it's just a great story song. It's one of many, many great story songs that we've talked about. You know, Garth just has a way to to tell them. And even the songs he didn't write, he just picks songs that were great stories by great songwriters. Were you familiar with the song or was it one you kind of came back to?
0: So for me, it was one that I came back to like you. And you picked the exact things about it that I wrote that I love about it. I love the way he paints a scene. Like I love the line painted those West Texas scenes, like that line in my head, the minute he says that I can see those scenes. And so I picked that very thing. And then I also picked the idea that the parents were saying, these stories aren't true, don't listen to him. But in the end, the stories were true. Like that meant so much to me it's the ending is so sad and it makes me so sad, but at the same time, I'm also so glad that they saw that ranger memorabilia and they find that the stories were true. I love that. And it yeah. all comes back to storytelling. I love that.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. It, it, a lot of the same things I pulled for him as well, it, but it's weird. You know, you listen to the song and you hear the creak of the saddle and his old blue jeans and, It's like, man, I could picture myself on a horse. And, you know, you're walking along the Texas, you know, wheat fields and you're listening to the wind across the wheat fields and the Texas skies. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, it just puts you in that. And then you start thinking about, like you said, old tall tales that you hear as a child. And in the end, when it comes down to it, it's it's all real, you know, and he's there. He's on the floor, open trunk with all of his memories. And I was like, I didn't cry at the end of the song. But, uh, yeah, you know, it'll get to you a little bit. And uh, you
3: can tell us. (laughs)
1: You can yeah, be honest. No, no, I <laughs> I, If I did, I'd tell you, I'm not as quite admittedly open with my emotions as Garth is. <laughs> so we're just going to go with the fact that I didn't cry. But okay. what a great, great country, Western style song. I mean, it's the storytelling literally, I, you know, now with this podcast, there was things we talked about it last episode with Alabama Clay where I could picture myself, you know, on some riverbank somewhere. And the more that we're doing research on other songs that I don't necessarily listen to all the time. You know, I have Garth on a playlist and I'll put it on the golf course. But when I sit down and listen to the lyrics for the podcast, it's crazy how the storytelling could literally put me in that song, in that story. And I could be like, I could I could have done that. He could be talking about me. That could be me. But, uh, yeah, it's just a great song.
0: I love that. One of the things I really love about all this is we're going out there and we're finding these songs that aren't in my regular Garth rotation. Like I have a rotation of a playlist of Garth songs, and some of these just were never on there. And as we're doing this, I'm going in and adding those songs. And when they come up, I'm like, I had this whole other world of Garth songs available to me that I just, you know, I just didn't take advantage of them the way that I should have. So... I love that we're doing
1: that now. Yeah, it's crazy. You could see like on your Apple Music playlist or whatever, it'll show you like by bars, you know, how often the song is played, not just by me, but other people. And you see some of these where there's not a lot of play or none. And you're like, well, add that one because now I'm listening to it. One of the songs we're going to talk about in a little bit. I didn't I don't ever remember the song. I don't know that I've ever heard it before this. Now I've found myself listening to it and like today I skipped right to it maybe because I knew I was you know we had a podcast going on but man it's a good song
3: well on that note let's go on to the next one uh Deb has number eight off of the album so I'm gonna let
0: her take it away yes I do I have song number eight which is nobody gets off in this town nobody gets off
2: in this town Trains don't even slow down My high school sweetheart is married and gone They met on a bus to San Antone The Greyhound stops and somebody gets on But nobody gets off in this town
0: Nobody Gets Off in This Town was written by Larry Bastian also and Dwayne Blackwell. This song was not released as a single. And for me, this is, again, one of those songs that it wasn't in my regular Garth Brooks rotation. And I love it. I was, it again, paints a picture for me. It's, to me, it's a very old time country sound. It's got like a, like a twang. It reminds me of when I used to listen to old country with my dad. He would always play me Patsy Cline or um, Johnny Cash. And that's what this song reminds me of is those songs. And I love that about it. I love that Garth had the ability, even in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, to put out a song that took you back to country music of the 60s. I love that. And for me, again, it was the storytelling within the song. He says, now, let me see if I can set the scene. It's a one dog town and he's old and mean. I love that line. I just, that's a great line. I love that. And I love that the high school colors were brown. I mean, that's, you just go, yeah, that's a small town and it paints a picture and that the, you know, that the county was dry. This is what, at least the second song I know of where Garth talks about a county being dry. So what did you guys think about it? Um,
3: the first thing that I thought of was the music. Like you said there, it's a very kind of an older country vibe, but it, I'm going to give you homework. If you don't know this song, if you've never heard it, there's a song that Trisha did a few years ago and I would have to look to see what album it was on. I don't remember, but it's called Cowboys Are My Weakness. And it has that same sound. When it came on, I was like, what does this remind me of? And it was that song. So look it up, go listen to it, see what you think um it it reminded me so much of it not not the lyrics not what the song's about but just the sound of the actual music
0: hey guys it's deb you know that homework assignment that jess just assigned us well after the recording i went out there i found the song for you don't worry i got you here's trisha yearwood's cowboys are my weakness
2: knocking and no pair of boots a man who wears his wrangles for a sunday suit the kind that ain't afraid to get dirt on his hands and brings you fresh daisies and a coffee can
0: here's another little snippet of garth's song so you can compare the two
2: nobody gets off in this town
0: well I have to agree with Jess. I think she's right. They do sound a lot alike. Okay, let's head back into the podcast where Jess is talking about Garth's song, Nobody Gets Off in This Town. And then for me, it just reminds me
3: of growing up in a small town because I'm like, I think I lived there. I think he (laughs) wrote about the town that I grew up in in Oklahoma. I'm pretty sure. I didn't grow up in Yukon, but uh, it was very similar. And there is always that feeling of like, you know you can't wait to get away cuz nothing happens there nothing you know it's just a small town everything's the same but but there is a sense of wanting to go back and personally i don't have family in the town that i grew up in so i've only been back a few times over the years but every time i've gone back it is you know it's still nostalgia it's still a sense of home and everything's very familiar and there are still people there from from growing up so i connected with the song for that reason and I know neither of you guys grew up in a small town, but do you do you get that too? Can you still imagine it just from kind of listening to the song and the the story that it paints? Yeah,
1: yeah. You, you do. You, you get a lot of that. And it, it again, you know, it paints that picture. And like, I think listening to that song and then, you know, watching the Netflix, uh, this Road I'm On special, um, you know, it talks and it shows old school pictures of Yukon and, you know, different areas. I've never grown up in it. So like you said, I have to go with like pictures that are, or video that shown to me. And it does, you kind of can see yourself, you know, it's funny. You walk down the show, your horse is tied up outside a saloon somewhere, but yeah, it's like a, a real small town, but going back to the, the music in the background. So the songs that I'm going to discuss next, and then that song, I went back and forth a couple of times. That is some old school country style music, like musical instruments that came into play there. And um, it's, mentioned a little bit in what I'll talk about next but yeah it's a lot of that uh, that you don't get too much of nowadays that's for sure.
0: So speaking of that I'm now going to let Pete talk about the ninth song of the album.
1: So the ninth song off the album was titled I Know One.
2: Only a fool would do it after the way you've done any fools would
1: have you I know one I know one was written by Jack Clement so this song I really didn't know a whole heck of a lot about I did a little bit of research out of the anthology and listened to the song quite a bit Out of the anthology, Alan Reynolds, who is a big part of Garth's career today, was very good friends with Jack Clement. On this album, Garth made it very clear that being it his first album, he didn't want to have more than five songs on the album that was written or co-written by him. So looking for other songs this song and Alan Reynolds being friends with Jack Clement, Alan Reynolds wanted to take the opportunity to pay a nod to Jack. And so he came to Garth with this song and Garth liked it. Um, And at that time, country music was kind of coming out of that urban craze. Um, They talk about in the anthology where Reba was just coming on and had broke out. Uh, George Strait had it broke out. So country music was kind of changing a little bit at that time, and this song was exactly that. It was an old-school country ballad. Like you had said prior to one of the other songs, it was like Patsy Cline from back in the day, but with a male voice to it. So the song that they decided to cut on it and sing it this way really had a couple hymns and haws, yes or no, as whether it was going to make it. But ultimately, when they passed the song around, Garth's mom heard it. And when she heard it, she fell in love with it. And ultimately, I think finally at the end, that was the final decision that they were going to go ahead and put the song on the album. An interesting fact with the story and the song was that Jack Clement, he actually built the recording studio that they recorded all the songs into. I'm not sure that they still do it in that same studio, but I know that it still exists because they talk about it still sometimes on some of the uh, Facebook live shows that they do. But uh, yeah, so Jack got the nod from Alan Reynolds, being that he had wrote this song. Garth's mom, of course, fell in love with it, so they had to approve it, and it made it onto the record as the ninth song. So that's uh, what I uh, got out of that song. From the lyrics, I I listened to it, and you could tell that there's just a guy that is completely, completely in love with a woman, and a woman... That just obviously doesn't feel the same way. She wants to go out and see what else is out there. Who else is out there? What else? What else is out there? You know, play that game, check out the different playing fields. And he always made it to the point to her that no matter what it was, when all your friends or when all those guys were gone, you could always come back here because I know one that will be waiting. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, that's uh, the way that the song goes forward and then comes back on that uh, for somebody to to write lyrics like that with that old school instrument in the background was I thought it was amazing it ended up really really uh, becoming a song like I said that I've listened to pretty regularly this past week and uh, I added it to the playlist one that wasn't there before so that's kind of what I got from it you guys have any thing that you guys got from it
0: well again for me you you nailed it for me too the same way I felt which was it's very old school I love that he's basically saying I'm here I'll wait for you You know, I'm not going anywhere. And I could totally see that his mom would love that song. Like it seems because she was a singer and I could totally see that that would be something that would appeal to her.
3: I took more um, of the music away from it. I mean, I I obviously listened to the song and I I enjoyed it for the lyrics. But what stood out to me is I know there there was a song and I I don't remember now off the top of my head from the first half of the album that we talked about, but where the music didn't match the song. Like it was kind of a sad song but the music was upbeat and this was the opposite because this starts out with that lonesome fiddle sound. And I thought from the beginning, here's this poor guy who's like, you know, no matter what you do, I'm going to love you. I'm going to be here. I'll be here waiting. And it absolutely fit that just kind of mournful sound with the, the fiddle and the music going forward. So that's what stood out to me for the song was just that kind of connection between the lyrics and the music.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah. All right, so there is that song and we will pass it over to Jess to discuss the 10th song off the record.
3: All right guys, I have the last song that we're going to talk about off of Garth's first album, Garth Brooks, and it was the dance.
2: I'm glad I didn't know the way it all would end. I could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the day.
3: If you listen to our last podcasts, um, we talked about the dance on our very first one, and that was one of Peter's favorite songs, and it was written, of course, by the incomparable Tony Arada, and I want to give a little shout out to Tony for giving us some love on Twitter. We really appreciated that, and we're big fans of him here at Garthology, so thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. One of the other things, I'm not going to go over too much of it because it hasn't been that long ago since we talked about it, but... Um, I think Peter talked about, there was a quote from Alan Reynolds that he told Garth, if you don't cut this song, it'll be the biggest hit you never had. And that was like, you know, truer words were never spoken because this is such a universal song to so many people. And when, um, when Garth came on the scene and was crossing genres into, you know, into pop, but just into the world, I would say, beyond just the small traditional country music that it had been before, the dance helped with that. And I think, and it touched so many people that i don't think alan reynolds probably even knew how right he was i mean i think he definitely knew something but i don't think he could have foreseen what this song would be so listening to it today what i really took away from it because i tried to to steer away from all the things we've already talked about and um you know we talked about the video and how great it was and how touching it was and how it's been such an amazing goodbye song for different you know individual people but also the radio stations and things like that but Sitting and listening to it now, it actually brought to mind a lyric from a song that's not a country song, but there's a song out right now by Macklemore and Kesha, and there's a line in it that says, I wish someone would have told me, babes, someday these will be the good old days. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but that always kind of catches me when I hear it. And it made me think when I was listening to the dance, that song popped in my head because I was like, but right now is the dance. Like, you know, whether it's a year from now or a week from now or 30 years from now, right now, whatever you're living is your dance. And I hope that, you know, that for us, as we're doing this and, and as friends and for our listeners, as they're listening, I hope that, you know, everybody goes forward and that nobody would change a minute of of what's happening right now. Because regardless of political unrest and the world being scary and coronavirus, like you're living your dance right now. So, you know, put it on, listen to it, remember the words, you know, he had a good message when it got put out, still a good message now. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's uh, true. Thinking about it that way, uh, you know, goes back to a couple of other songs that we had talked about where a song written so many years ago, recorded, released so many years ago, that even today, maybe the meaning in the song is just as much or more than it even was when it was released, you know, back in off the first album. And he's got, you know, all these different albums out now. so Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. That's my favorite, favorite yeah, of all time. Such
0: a great song. And I think, isn't it in The Road I'm On, didn't Garth say that not only can he not imagine his career without this song, but he can't even imagine his whole life without this song? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that means a lot too. Yeah. One of the best songs ever.
3: Yeah. And what a good song to tie up your album. Right. You know, yeah. it was also the end of that first album. I mean, there couldn't have been a better one
1: end of the first album, he closes every live show uh, or almost any, I, I think almost every show that he does, um, you know, even on the, some of the recorded DVDs that he has out. I mean, he, he closes the show with that song, obviously before, you know, they come back out on stage for uh, housekeeping, but yeah, they, uh, man, what a, song. God, what a song. I can listen to it yeah. every day for the rest of my life and never get tired of it.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but there's like a poem out there that talks about, How the dash in the dates that you were born and the day that you pass away, how the dash is your life, what you've lived in your life is all captured in that dash. And to me, that's what the dance is also like everything about your life is captured in that, you know, in the moment.
1: Absolutely. What a song. I love that. What a song.
0: (sighs) Okay, so that ties it up for album number one, guys. We have finished our first Garth Brooks album. Yay. I love that. Woo-hoo. We
1: Yay. did it. We did it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I even looked back today to the uh, first text message that I sent to you guys. It was on August 1st, 2020, where I said, hey, guys, I think we should do a Garth Brooks podcast. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my gosh, here we are now. Um It's October of 2020 and we're already putting out episode number three. We already know what we're going to talk about for episode number four. I love that. This was just something that we thought about and we just made it happen. Like here we are talking into microphones and staring at each other over zoom and making this happen. I
1: I remember getting that text message. I opened it up and I thought to myself, this is a great idea. Like I, (laughs) it's a phenomenal idea. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see, okay, let's get this going. Okay, what do you guys think about that? Wham, Slack came out. And, you know, be all of these podcast structures and uh, from where we were to where we're at now and finishing the first album. And the thing that I really, really enjoyed, I think, about this album, and I'm sure it will come with some other ones, is when I sat back, going back to the text message when the podcast, I said, I could sit down and talk about Garth all day long. I could talk about his songs. But when you do a structure and you have to go over all of the songs, ones that you're not very familiar with, what I've learned just off of this first album about how if they can't get material to write songs, they'll get up, no pencil, no paper, no nothing. they'll go walk around the block, come up with lyrics and bam, out comes the song. Like I never thought that that would be a way to write a song that would end up on an album that would end up in that you know on Garth Brooks, where he is today. and uh, that's one thing I've really enjoyed as well is is learning what I didn't know because it's easy to talk about what you do know. so I think it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so we are now going to start doing a regular segment in the show where we give a shout out to our listeners, to people that have sent us comments, um, what we are going forward calling our Friends in Low Places It's time to give a shout out to our So thanks to everyone for listening.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Today's shout out goes to Adam from Planet Guard he was so cool. He sent me an email. We ended up emailing back and forth a couple of times. He has some great ideas. He was really encouraging. He left a a review on our Apple podcast, which I love that. It was so nice. And so we really appreciate that, Adam. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Adam.
0: Thanks, Adam. And also a shout out to Caesar on our Facebook page. He jumped on. He said at the time that he had listened to the first podcast and he was halfway through the second and he was really encouraging. So thank you very much. You guys, you're just making this all worth it. We really appreciate that you're taking the time out to send us some love. And we are here for
1: it. Yeah, that's definitely ultimately what we want to get out of this is to take what we've got and, and share it with other people. And if they're enjoying it and and leaving those kinds of messages, it, it makes the, you know, the time and the effort that we're putting into doing the the research and the recordings and the editing that uh, that Deb does makes it all worth it. We really appreciate it.
0: Yep. I yep. love it. I love that there's people out there listening to us. Yeah, that's it's so pretty awesome. Cool.
1: It is pretty cool.
0: Yes, so our next segment that we're going to do on every podcast is what we call our Breaking News segment. So we have a cute little name. This is now going to be called Calling Breaking News. So Love it. Kind of tying it into the call in Baton Rouge. So Breaking News for this week. In case you guys aren't aware, hopefully you'll hear this podcast before it happens. But this Wednesday, October 14th, Garth is going to be receiving... The Icon Award at the Billboard Music Awards, which is going to be hosted by Kelly Clarkson, who I also love. Yeah. So Garth's going to be on there getting the Icon Award recipient. He's going to be on stage. He's going to perform. Uh, He announced in his Facebook Live video this week that he's going to have five of the seven original band members are going to be there performing with him. So he didn't say who, but I'm excited to watch it and see who's on stage with him. So that's cool. Yeah,
1: that'll be neat to see. and Kelly Clarkson and Garth did a show. Or they He joined her on her show. It was pretty cool. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. It was pretty neat.
0: Oh, that was Close such a great awesome. episode. Yeah. I can't believe we weren't on that episode. What happened?
1: Yeah, well, I didn't, I I didn't try. Ball. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> try. But yeah, she literally cried when he serenaded her. It was awesome.
0: The next breaking news that I have really isn't kind of breaking news, but it's just a story that I found um, just earlier this month where Trisha was She gave an interview to Mayhem magazine and she talked about how singing a duet with Garth at the Opry is truly magical and that those moments are really special. And, you know, whenever there's a Garth and Tricia story, I'm going to bring it up because I just love them. (laughs) I love them together. They are so, they are like hashtag relationship goals for me. I just love them so much.
1: I wish I could learn how to sing like that with my wife. That'd be pretty awesome.
3: If you and Steph could sing like that, we would not be doing a podcast.
1: Right, right. We'd be advertising some world tour somewhere. <laughs>
3: right. Or we'd be doing your
1: podcast. Right. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh
0: Trisha also, in that article, she also talked about her favorite song to perform at the Opry, which for her is She's in Love with the Boy. Granted, we could do a whole other podcast on Trisha, but we, we won't do that yet. <laughs> For right now, I just got to say, I love that song. That will always be my favorite, Trisha, song.
1: My 12-year-old daughter absolutely loves that song. And then, of course, she loves all the Garth stuff. But you know what other song she's really taken a liking to lately? It's on her, I hear her listening to it. Uh, Amarillo by Morning by George Strait. I love She heard Garth that. sing it on the show I was watching. And she's all, Garth sings that? And I was like, well, Garth doesn't. George Strait does. And then so she found it, put it on her playlist. She loves
3: it. Oh, well, aren't you proud? Isn't that a proud
0: dad, Mom?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, right? Introducing the younger generation to some great country music. I'm all for that. Okay, so I think that wraps it up for episode number three of Garthology. We want to, again, thank everybody for listening. Just want to remind everybody to please visit our website, which is garthology.com. I will post the audio on the website. I will also post links to some of the breaking news that I find that we discuss on here.
1: Don't forget to follow our social media platforms on Instagram and Twitter at GarthologyCast. If you could go there, like, and retweet, share the post for us, that would definitely be great. And if you happen to get a chance to listen, if you could review the podcast for us and make sure you hit subscribe, that way anytime that we post anything new, such as new episodes or anything on the website, it will alert you and you won't have to try to go find it.
0: And also don't forget to visit our Facebook page and that is facebook.com slash GarthologyCast. And
3: then next time on Garthology, we are going to be talking about Garth's Live at the Wind show. So be sure to tune in for that. And if you went to the show, if you've watched the DVD, if you own the DVD, give us some feedback. Come tell us about your experience. Send us pictures. If you had awesome pictures from the show, we'd love to see it. We're uh, looking forward to going into the details about our experience at the show and how much we loved it. And we're going to have some pina coladas. So pour yourself some and come listen. Thanks again for
0: listening, and this is Dan.
1: I'm Pete. And I'm Just.
0: Bye guys. Bye
1: everybody. Finish it! Finish it! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> All right. So who who's doing the first song?
0: You. You are.
1: Fuck. Okay. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs>
0: There's
3: our ending. (laughs) Let's tell you (laughs) later. Trisha says to Garth when he uses those words.
1: Hey. Hey. There's
3: an audience here. Our audience will probably be appreciative, though.